Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Patrick Rice. I'm joined in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. What's up, Patrick Rice? Dan, and I am so excited because we have Catholic worship leader and recording artist Teresa Peterson with us. Wow. And it's going to be amazing. So we're going to be talking about worship, Dan. Do you like to worship Jesus? <laughs> Dude, I'm a worship junkie. Awesome. So hey, guess what? Hey, Claire, just breaking that open. Patrick, guess what? You, you get a worship for all of eternity. Isn't that exciting? Heck yeah. You know, I'm going to leave this in for that. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We adore you. We bless your holy name. God, we're never going to stop Jesus. praising More your Lord. name. The name yes, of Lord. Jesus on our lips, on, mm-hmm. that, that every name, every knee will bend and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So Lord, we ask you to break open any stony hearts out there, that you open up um, mindsets, God, that would that would shift the way that we think about what our days can look like, what 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 are what our identity is as sons and daughters of God that so, worship their Abba you, Father Jesus. Daddy. Yes. So we thank you for everything you're going to do today for the faith that's budding up in us right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, and I just I pray right now the heavenly realities of worship would be released more fully into the church that we would be able to worship in spirit and truth and freedom as sons and daughters. Lord, that you would break open our lips to sing. Uh, just angelic psalms of praise to you. I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to just have total breakthrough in the Christian faithful, that our worship would become more intense, that we would come after you with all of our heart, our minds, our souls, and our strength, that we would worship you just with everything that we have. Lord, I pray that uh, any spirit of desolation that is uh, oppressing people, that that spirit would be broken in Jesus' name, and that your heavenly consolation would fall upon your sons and daughters, that they would experience just heavenly fruit, heavenly blessing as they worship you and praise your name. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man. Dude, I am... talking about breakthrough and chains. Did you know that there is power in the name of Jesus? There is so much power in the name of Jesus. Break every every chain. And when we say the name of Jesus out loud, literally just just releasing his name out of our, our bodies with our lips is a profession of faith, and it carries authority and power to break those chains. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, Dan. Amen. You you love hmm. the Holy Ghost. I do love. I, I'm German, dude. Like I, the, the, the Heineken Geistes. Patrick, know? I am, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of <laughs> Holy Ghost. In I, English. I, I you you love you love speaking German too. Yeah. So um, I I think I'm I'm a I'm a little like we we need to break down these camps in the church right that that like well worship's just not for me and I think that that is just it's a it's a lie that's been creeping in, in, into the church where like Unma- unmask it Dan it, yeah well it's not a spirituality worship is not a form of spirit like we're all called um to to just worship the Lord and that is our eternal destiny right and so why would I not want kingdom reality um to be in my life today and, and worship just releases so much of the grace of the kingdom um into our own lives into atmospheres into our communities and I just think that we 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 need to move forward to understand that all the catholic faithful are called um to worship it's not a it's not a and and, and of course our highest form of worship, we know as Catholics, is the liturgy, right? And so we we we're all worshiping in that sense uh, the liturgical worship of of the Eucharist, which is profoundly uh, just a deep impact. But I think we're speaking more today about uh, worshiping with song. Yeah, that's exactly it. And Dan, I went through a um, I call it my Pharisee days, where like I thought anything you know after. 
I don't know, 1858 was this like not sacred music. I wanted old classic hymns. And, and, and you know what? What I actually learned, what actually broke me open to that was um, I was listening to a podcast that Matt Maher did. I, I did like Matt Maher, you know, early on um, in terms of like, you know, contemporary worship stuff. But actually, he went through the history of, of like the last basically 800 years of, of musical um, worship in everything from sacred music, liturgy to, you know, non-liturgical events and things like that. But he actually said that the um, hymns actually emerged after the Council of Trent because um, they had uh, they actually didn't. There was a, a point in, uh, in, in our church. I, you might be shocked that there actually wasn't music. It was just like, you know, the, the liturgical prayers and stuff like hmm. that. And the church actually wanted to get the uh, the people more involved, and so you know what they did? They actually went to um, they grabbed um, they they had like these pub hymns. This is um, it was big in in Central Europe, especially Germany. They actually went into the uh, like the local bars and pubs, and they would have these um, you know folk instruments, and they took the folk melodies that they had at the time and rewrote the folk melodies with the instruments that they had. And just put sacred, um, sacred stuff on, but it was actually contemporary music at the time. Isn't that shocking? Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. And so the hymns were actually like the the kind of the the soul behind the hymns was was the contemporary for that time. And you kind of keep going through the Mozarts and stuff like that. That time it was the same thing. That was the contemporary music at the time. And so it's always been adapting. And you know, I, I uh, in Psalm one fifty, you know, it it talks about all of the instruments that they that the they use and it's talking about symbols and lutes and and it was basically what was contemporary at David's time. So I feel like in one sense to break out of the camp we need to just break break out of this this false dichotomy between sacred and contemporary because it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> sacred and contemporary can go together. Exactly. Why would the Lord not want to inspire his people today? With new words and new songs, right? Unless he, unless he, unless he died at Vatican II. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I just think there's there's so much, and that's not to say that the tradition isn't beautiful, right? The traditional hymns, there's some of them to just rock my world when I worship with them, and and there's some that are uh, there's some artists right now that are taking the beautiful traditional hymns of the church, and because the theology in some of these traditional hymns is just insanely incredible and so but then presenting those traditional hymns with a, a contemporary uh sound and so all of that is 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 not to d- diminish what god has done in the past because he's he's ever present and so he wants to present all of that in a new vibrant way so good it is so it. good man I, you know and, and this Teresa's is going to be talking about that when we when we bring her on Did yeah, you know that yeah and that's going to be exciting patrick what yeah. i'm what i'm what i'm wondering is so i hear this a lot and um it, and I think it's it's a modern heresy where people are like, uh, you know, contemporary music, it's just it's egocentric and it's uh, emotional. And that's why it's bad. Can you just because yeah, because emo- essentially it, it comes down to not like a modern Gnosticism. Exactly. That and that's why it's like, a modern uh, day heresy. Yeah, that the, that the body's bad and the soul is good. And so anything that um, that smacks of a bodily response is going to lead us away. And we have to stay pure to the soul. Brothers and sisters, that's Gnosticism. Okay, exactly. the body's actually good. 
God's the most emotional person out there. He gave you emotions. Exactly. Okay? And I, so if, if we, uh, and uh, there's, there's, I used to say this all the time in ministry. I used to be like, oh, well, that's an emotional ministry. And that's an emotional ministry. And that's an emotional. And that's the time. And, is that the time I smacked you? You know, no, no. And, <laughs> and what, when I started thinking about that, I was like, wait a second. I'm actually like, God gave me the emotions. God gave people the emotions. Why wouldn't I want people to be emotional about Jesus? Like, I hope the heavenly worship is emotional. Like, do I want to be a drone? or a machine or a cog in the heavenly realm? Heck no, right? Like the, the, the angels and saints are falling down on their face because they're so filled with the presence of God and with emotion that they, they're, they're worshiping out of their heart. And it's, it's an intellectual and a, a, a heartfelt emotional response. And, but uh, what I was getting at back in those days was it was a ministry that was person-centered without being Christ-centered. And I think the power of worship is it actually returns a person to make the spiritual life so fully about Jesus Christ that you become a part of Jesus. Like you get, you get, um, uh, just pulled into the presence of God and, and, and filled with the presence of God as opposed to, um, trying to fill yourself with the things of this world. And so I think worship isn't, uh, egocentric. It's actually completely opposite. It's Christocentric. It brings us into a reality of Jesus, and it purifies our emotions to be what God asked them originally to be. Absolutely. And you know, and some people might say, I don't need emotions to be strong. And you know what I say to them? Well, I say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. And you can't actually separate Uh-oh. Uh-oh. joy from, like, from an emotional component. Yes. Try and do that, and I'll show you. Uh, I'm not going to say it. But yeah, I'll show you something that's not authentic. How about that? So my challenge today is I want us to be, um, <clears throat> I want us to worship with uh, with our intellect, right? That that is critical. That um, <clears throat> that the intellect should be used uh, during our our worship. But we also want to worship with the heart and with the with uh, allowing all aspects of our soul to be engaged. Thomas Aquinas talks about the different aspects of the soul, like the imagination and. Uh, and the emotions. Imagine if our imagination was was utilized as we as we prayed, right? Uh, that that when we worship, we 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 would imagine heavenly realms and imagine the the angels and saints worshiping with us. I got a sweet psalm for you, Dan, because the psalm's all about worship. Go for psalm it. Psalm forty-two, verse one: As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? That's so much further than just an intellectual reality or singing about um, positive doctrines. It's it's this hunger and thirst that we have to encounter the living God. What's what's the name of our show? Um, encounter. Yeah, that's what we want for our <laughs> listeners. We want you to encounter the living God, Psalm forty-two style. Yes, Amen. Mm. I, my my. My text actually says that my soul pines for you. And I love that word, pine. like it just, it's like this aching, like I just need you. I need you. I need you. And, uh, and it just, yeah, that, that it's, hunger. I, I'm, I'm done. I want to bring Teresa on and hear, hear more about this because she's, she's got a great experience with it. Sound good? I'm so excited. Let's, uh, yeah, let's bring her on. You're listening to Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Catholic recording artist and uh, worship leader, Teresa Peterson. Stay tuned. 
Being part of the EWTN Media Missionaries is a perfect way to help us fulfill our calling from Christ to make disciples of all nations by use of the media. Visit EWTNMissionaries.com today and join us in sharing the eternal word with the world. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. More to Life is about living the Catholic difference in our marriages, our families, the way we approach life in general. It's about celebrating life and our Catholic faith and discovering all the ways God wants to bless us and help us be a blessing to others. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Gloria Purvis. We have the wrong understanding and appreciation of pregnancy. We need to do what's best for the child, not what's convenient for the mother, the father, or the doctor. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them in the lives of extraordinary mission. We are so pleased to welcome in studio with us, Teresa Peterson. Welcome to, to yeah, Encounter, Teresa. Yeah, welcome, Teresa. Hello. It's happy to be here. Party so, on. Teresa, we want to start off. I, I just want you to give our listeners a snapshot, a story of how you came to faith in Jesus. So paint a picture for us. Wow. Absolutely. So, um, well, my parents are both converts to the faith. And so growing up, um, the faith in, in our house was just really alive, I feel like. And <clears throat> my dad's my dad's faith. He so here's a here's a picture for you. Like for five six years old, watching cartoons, and we'd hear my dad be like, "Girls, come upstairs," and he would share like these encyclicals. Like he would his his mind would be blown, <laughs> right? And we're like, "Dad, no, <laughs> uh, we just want to watch time. cartoons." But it was so amazing. Truly, like more is is caught than taught. And so my dad's just like like unashamed, like radical passion for the faith and truth really was very transformative. Also, um, my dad was a worship leader uh, growing up as well. Um, and uh, as he was like walking into his conversion and in the renewal um, in Dallas. So it was really beautiful. So we had that in the house as well. So um, that was kind of the, uh, the, the growing place for seeds of faith for, for myself. And um, so when I was like 15, 16 years old, I'm originally from Minnesota. And so Net Ministries is is out there. And so they had a, a local outreach and it just was, I felt like I was the seed planted in fertile soil. It was just so amazing. And <laughs> nice. so I was really encouraged to have a faith of my own, um, what that looked like, just like praise and worship in adoration, um, that the Eucharist, that Jesus Christ is truly present. Just all of this stuff was being just wave after wave of faith was just growing and growing. Was it like waves of power and peace? Yes, exactly. <laughs> waves of power and peace. Yes. Um, and so it was just, uh, it was phenomenal. So, uh, and I actually was a net missionary for, for a year, um, just out of her high school. Did you know Dan was wow. a net missionary? Yeah, I said net. Yes. Party on. <laughs> I, I, I met my that. wife as a netter. <laughs> yes. And I can't remember what, what year were you, Dan? We were 03, 04. Okay. Yeah, I was 02, 03. So we. Nice. We just, uh, I was standing on your the, shoulders missionary night. So, um, yeah, so like, um, that was incredibly transformative and really actually planted the seeds of, of mission in my heart too. Um, but I was so 
probably the biggest thing that happened to me, I was 16 years old um, on uh, a net weekend retreat and we're in adoration and all of the kids are like deep in prayer, right? Um, maybe having like more mystical experiences or they're being slain in the spirit, you know, or, or just, they were just really deep in it. And, um, I just remember feeling like, I, that's all I want. I want this like really profound experience. I was feeling a lot of peace, but, um, all of a sudden the Lord speaks to me in my heart. Like, so all the only, the only people who are up and I feel like are conscious <laughs> is like me and the worship leaders. So, so it felt very private in this way. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and he said, he was like, Teresa, like, I desire for you to sing for me and for them. And, um, sometimes when God speaks, we, it's really clear. And sometimes it's maybe in more of a, um, of an, a future unveiling. Uh, it took me 16 more years to figure out he was actually very literal, um, yeah. in that. And so, um, but it really set me on a path and a journey of music. And so for, um, like all of my adult years, I've really just been, um, pursuing music to its end. I, I did a lot of secular music and, um, but really have come into the fullness of who I am and my calling and anointing, uh, leading worship in the church. That's awesome. So like, I love it that the, um, you know, we, 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 we celebrate the power of God breaking into people's life on this show. And like, if, if you need a reason for why we do that, just read the book of Acts. Okay. Cause that's, it's just chock <laughs> full of, of power and God showing up. And, um, and one of my favorite things is, uh, they, I, I'm, this is just kind of a sidebar, but, um, you, you talked about like how, how the faith was so alive in your home when Peter's put in jail and, um, they, the, it says the church gathers at, at one of their houses, and they're all praying for Peter's return. And then an angel shows up, lets Peter out, and he comes to the he comes to the door. The, the door is locked at this house where they're all praying. He's knocking on the door, and a little kid sees Peter and tells everyone, "Hey, Peter's here. He's out of jail." They dismiss the young child because they just assume it's actually an angel. It's just an angel <laughs> just showing up. Just. Like, <laughs> Like in other words, it's the, the the faith, the Christian faith is so supernatural that they're just going to assume angelic visitations are happening <laughs> right now. Solid. And I, I and we love that, but I, I love even more that um, the, in that place, you know, you weren't like um, just slain under the power of the Holy Ghost, and you know, um, your your everything was trembling. But it was like um, God spoke to your heart and planted a seed. And in, in the um, in the parable of the sower, the, the seed. He says, this is the word of God. And you really were in fertile soil. So what did, what did God do with that seed? You, you talked about the secular music, but how did you get into, I know we talked earlier about how, you know, you're a singer, songwriter, you're a Catholic worship leader, you're working with, uh, with Encounter Ministries leading worship. So how did that kind of blossom? Absolutely. So again, it was a, just a process and discovery of, of discernment. And so I know when I was uh, younger, I didn't feel like the Lord was saying, you know, be a Catholic artist or be a worship leader. It wasn't specific. And so um, so I was pursuing at the time like secular music and felt like, I'm, like oh, I'll be a, a Christian, an artist who's Christian, but maybe not necessarily a Christian artist. And um, I just love how God uses absolutely everything, because also in the, in the midst of all of that, I also led where I was a, a music minister for my team and, uh, and if my, my team, I mean, net ministries. And, and so like, 
it never occurred to me. It just took a while to figure out like where, again, the calling is. I also feel like what God can do, it, he utilizes absolutely everything. So even in these different arenas where I thought, oh, Lord, this is where you're calling me. It's, if this is the path you're calling me in. And after like experiencing shut door after shut door or disappointment after disappointment or just being confused, but feeling like I'm being incredibly faithful, uh, the journey and the process of consistently going back to the cross and asking them like what you know what are you asking of me because it always no matter what I was doing and pursuing I always felt that this call in my life was very important and it needed to be stewarded well mm. so um and so but I was just looking for my place I was looking for my people I was looking for where I knew when I would get there I would know that this is where I'm supposed to be. So sometimes I think God also can reveal his, his will um, when we are in places that we're not meant to be, because then we know what that feels like. Yep. And so a lot of times it always felt like pushing a boulder up a hill. And so I was like, oh, okay, like, is it meant to be this hard? I don't know. And um, so it's really beautiful how, like when you do step into that stream of like where God is calling, is that sometimes like it is all of a sudden you're in a river, Mm-hmm. And you're maybe you maybe you're even you're floating on a river and you're just going with it or um, chasing or running after grace, like running downhill. And so I think that's also beautiful how it's a journey and a process. So um, also, like in my heart, the more that I was stepping out um, secular versus maybe more more sacred, I felt the uh, more peace in, in, Mm. in the sacred. And so, um, it's been so great. Like, I love it. I, I mean, I'll, I'll do karaoke with anybody, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, but truly, truly, like it was so beautiful. I thank the Lord so much. Actually, I get asked the question a lot of like, Oh, well, why aren't you actually pursuing like the more secular vein? What are you doing here in the Christian music world? Like you're so good or whatever. And I also think what's beautiful is I completely exhausted that avenue Mm-hmm. In a way of like, this is, I know I don't belong here. Like, this is truly where I, I belong. And so there's such a freedom mm-hmm. in that. And so I have no anxiety to test different areas. I know that this is truly where I'm called and I can't wait to continue pouring into this area. So, yeah, can you talk yeah. to me about what, um, you know, throughout, you see, you've led, you've led worship with like that ministries, retreats you've done, uh, you know, traveling retreats, you've done, um, you know, albums and things like that. What is... What would you say to our listeners is like the the heart of worship to you? Like when you approach, that's a big question. Oh, yeah. I know. But what, like the first thing you would um, you would say, like, what does it mean to enter into worship? What are we actually doing? Oh, I'm like getting like choked up by that question. Um, so truly, like the heart of worship is is who like we're all called to be as Christians. Um, the presence. Uh, who who God is? It, it's a cellular. It's on a cellular level, um, as a son and a daughter. It's it, we are in right order when we worship. We um, are connected to the Lord. It's our power. It's our strength. It's our identity, and it is who we are. Um, worship is one of the most sacred and most powerful things we can do um, as Catholic Christians. As Christians, the worshiping of the Lord. Um, it brings us to the heights of the angels and enthroned around the Holy of Holies. It is the most important thing we can do. That's so so good. And I I love there's a, a, there's a paragraph in the catechism. It says that by praise, all of our intercessions, all of our thanksgiving, it's by the prayer of praise that every other form of prayer is actually united and sent up to heaven. And so it's like our, it really is um, an access point 
um, where we bring our praise to heaven. Um, I also love the Psalms too, where you, you have this, um, David is like the prototype worshiper. What do you learn? What do you see in David when you read the Psalms and how he worships? I love this guy. Okay. So he is like a hot mess, Yeah. right? He's a hot mess for the Lord. Like he is all over the place. Um, so I, we're, okay. Can I also just say a, a weird side note of what I love? Yes. It's 150 Psalms. What yeah. a great number. I just, I just, I don't know. It feels incredibly complete. I also find a lot of inspiration. Like if I'm like praying or writing from the Psalms as well. Okay. So like when God said that he has uh, like David has, is a man after his own heart. I honestly, from his ability to just be completely honest with the Lord mess up royally. Like, I just love that the honor that God gives David because he, no matter what he did and he did some terrible things. Yeah. Terrible things. He right? had, he had someone killed. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He was a An adulterer. lustful adulterer. Bad, bad things. Right. But it wasn't his identity. Yeah. Um, and he, he was constantly pursuing the Lord. Um, I also love that when some of the the more uh, sorrowful, uh, disappointed, I can relate as an artist, too, of his highs, highs and his low lows, mm-hmm. too. But no matter what, especially if there's like more of a lower psalm, he usually always comes out of it of the like, well, all right, like I have enemies on every side and my tents are, it's, I love also the visual, like, my tents are coming, the harmonies and the lions. Um, but then he's, he's always like, but Lord, you are good. I know who I am in you. Like, it is so good. You're kind of making David out to be kind of sassy. Dan, do you think David's sassy? Uh, yeah, it's, it sounds like he's like a, like a Jersey girl or something. <laughs> is this just my inner monologue? Maybe this is just my inner monologue, what he sounds like. I, I, no, had I think a, that's I, good. I think the Holy Spirit's in it. I entered into an incredible... <laughs> exercise the other day someone encouraged me to to start praying the psalms um and and meditate and pray them like jesus would have right because this was jesus's prayer book and so just imagine when reading the psalms and worshiping with the psalms and praying with the psalms like actually put yourself in like uh two thousand years ago when jesus was worshiping with the psalms in his own prayer time like how he would have entered into it. and it's just been rocking my life with with the way i enter into the psalms now oh dan i have a sweet idea what is it what is it's, it why are you whispering <laughs> I don't want anyone it's, to it's, hear your idea, Patrick. Let's make sure we whisper quietly over the radio. Let's make, or let's have manufactured or knitted seamless garments that we put on when we pray the song. So we'll be dressed <laughs> like Jesus. You feeling it, Dan? Dude, we could make millions. Can we put a radio logo on it. Yeah, please, please email us Encounter Radio if you're going to buy one of our seamless garments. garments. You can partner with us now and receive. Seamless garment. I'm sure you can find it on Etsy. Yeah. If you search seamless garments on Etsy, you find all kinds of like very interesting Renaissance garb. I'm, well, I'm taking it to the next level, Dan. All so right, do it. You can see where you are. Um, <laughs> I, I want to move on, though. Um, I, I, I do. I, I feel like some of our listeners might not be super familiar with the Psalms or what they have to do with worship. Okay. So uh, I, I think the best way to go to is like um, is kind of where do the Psalms end? Because they're actually they're 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 the original songs of of Scripture of of God's people. It's the Book of Prayer and um, Psalm one forty nine, Psalm one fifty in particular, kind of point like to the end of it. And I'll just I'm going to read a few uh, verses here. Like Psalm one forty nine, just verse one says, "Praise the Lord." Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. It goes on to say, let, let, let the faithful exalt in glory. 
Let the high praises of God be in their throats, the two-edged sword in their hands. And it goes on, and then in Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him with trumpet sounds, lute and harp, timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe, um, sounding cymbals, long, loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Over and over, you see this, this reference to how do we pray? It's like a full body encounter, right? It's with our, 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 in, God actually gave us an instrument, Dan. Did you know that? It's oh, inside yeah. my body. It's my, it, it, <laughs> it's my, my vocal cords. Amen to that. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm supposed to shout with joy. And so I feel like right now we're in a revolution within Catholic worship that what, um, you know, a lot of us grew up with, uh, our only exposure, exposure to worship was in a liturgical context. But so much of worship in the, especially in the Psalms, doesn't happen in like a temple sacrifice context. It's happening like in time in joyful celebrations and feasts and things like that. So, Teresa, I'd love to to get your insight. What is God doing within um, this Catholic worship movement? I'm so excited about it. Um, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, now, of course, I just thought of this. And I don't have it up. Maybe um, the amazing internet can find it. But um, I think it's the seven Hebrew words for like prayer and praise. Yep. Um, and I won't be able to recite them, unfortunately. But what I love is that this is our identity. This is our history. This is um, this is our our this is who we are. And I think that so it's not just something that happened in the eighties for Christian radio, you know, like, <laughs> this isn't just something that Michael W. Smith did not create this. Like, you know, it's, um, he's partnering with it. Like all of these things, this is who we are is, is worship. This is, um, it goes back thousands of years. It's in the Psalms. Like what I think is beautiful and what seems to be awakening is this heart for worship. What does that look like? Um, it's our, it's our, it's using our voice. It's using our mind. It's using our arms. Mm -hmm. It's standing like, um, the liturgy involves our entire body. Our entire body is incorporated into the, the worship of the liturgy. And so just like with that, like the worship, um, of, of, of the God in prayer and praise, stop it. Of course, we're going to ask you to stand up, maybe lift your hands a little, you know what I mean? And, um, keep preaching. Yeah. So, um, something might shift in your heart, because sometimes we have to do something with our body to like align our spirit or our mind. And, um, I know I get tired <laughs> occasionally. Sometimes I know I get fatigued. I get crabby. Um, but I have noticed that. And, and if we're, we're stepping into a time of worship or if I'm leading worship and, uh, my flesh is crying out, no, no more, sit down and be quiet. Like, by able to just stepping out of that and stepping into my identity as a son or daughter of God, obviously me as a daughter, but stepping out in that and, and being like, nobody, we praise the Lord. And all of a sudden everything gets right, right in the lines. Like mm -hmm. my, um, all of that, like fatigue will fall off. Um, uh, anxiety will fall off. It's amazing what can be realigned with our, uh, mind, body, spirit. I love worship. that. You know, I think actually angelic worship, like the angels are, um, are pure spirits, right? And so what that's our worship as humans has to be both body and soul because that's authentic human worship. And so mm -hmm. the, if, if we're not actually engaging our whole being, then how, how are we loving the God? Like, how are we loving the Lord, our God with all of our heart, mind, 
soul and strength, right? Like it's it's all of us is engaged in in, in worship, our bodies, our minds, the, the the intellect, the heart, the soul. It's all engaged, you know. That's so good. So, good. so Teresa, mm-hmm. I'd like to. Have you so Teresa, listeners? Uh, we ref- referenced before. I say it again in, in case you just joined us. Oh, you're listening to Encounter, a co-production of EWTN Radio, San Gabriel Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. That's the identification line. Um, so Teresa, you you're like a, you're you're a worship leader for Encounter Ministries. You are big involved in our our uh, conferences, our uh, school of ministry. I'd like you to share the crazy impartation encounter that you had that led you to us. I think our listeners would like to hear it go. Okay. Um, yeah, it is. Ama- that was amazing. Uh, my husband and I were both at the conference um, and it rivals our wedding day in all honesty, like what God did that weekend. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we're at the encounter conference had a multiple, like the, it would probably take up an entire 35 minute segment everything that God did, but there were many God, um, appointed, uh, appointments to even get us to the encounter conference. We only found out about it two and a half weeks before it was, um, it was being, uh, put on. So even the fact that like we found out about it, it was sold out. And then last minute there were spots reopened. There was a snow hurricane that came in. So God put us on a plane, um, a day before all of Newark airport shut down. I don't know. There were so many amazing things. So um, we really felt like God was calling us to this uh, conference and really didn't know why. And so for myself, um, (laughs) so it started off with um, a word of knowledge from um, in worship, uh, Father Matthias. And um, I'd never really received a word of knowledge in a group setting It was like a thousand people. And um, all of a sudden Father Matthias goes, he's like, I don't know. I, I see this woman like crying out to God, praying for rain, believing it will never come. And I was like resonating with that word. I was like, oh, yeah, because in my life I had I'd just been like writing a, a, a record um, about God's faithfulness. But before the front, the promises of God like were coming true, I was writing this this record to prophesy and speak life into these barren circumstances. So I was like really resonating with this woman who was like stuck in the desert. And then all of a sudden he goes, Father Matthias goes, he's like, and I'm here to say that God is faithful or something like that. And I like lost it. I lost it. Did you have the name? Was that the name of your album at the time? Yes. Uh, and I, and even just hearing like, uh, he is faithful. I would get that in prophetic, uh, prophetic words. And I kept telling people, I'm like, that was, I'm the woman that was me. And everyone's like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, it was totally, <laughs> Listen to me. No, it, it was me. <laughs> Nobody else was crying and wailing. It was me crying and, you know, a group of a thousand people. So, um, and it was the beginning of, of just, uh, vision after vision, like, things getting broken off of me of like unbelief. I had, um, who I truly believe, like when I, I, I had a dream, I had a, there was a woman who came up to me, looked me right in the face and she goes unbelief and then walks away. And I was like, okay, I woke up. I really feel like that might've been like the prophetess Hannah. Wow. Yeah. Of just that unbelief of like what, uh, so there was a lot, I was like, okay, Lord. And I was praying with this word. I couldn't think of the entire phrase without weeping that weekend. So I knew God was doing so, so, so much. And I was so affirmed by just that. He was like, God has heard my, my cries and my prayers and he is faithful. Okay. So I'm in that place. Um, I go to Dan's session 
Dreaming with God. That's you, Dan. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. (laughs) And get completely wrecked there, too. I basically was, I think I was dehydrated with how much crying I did. Um, And it was so good. Um, And But Dan was like, yeah, we're going to, and activations are the best thing ever. Everybody needs to do, if you're going to do a talk, there needs to be an activation. Can you explain what activations are? He would say something. He's like, and now we're going to do it. So case in point, and um, he's like, well, we're going to dream with God. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask the father for your inheritance. I was like, cool. I don't know what that. I, let's do it. And so Dan was like, OK, everybody, like, close your eyes and say, like, father, what is my inheritance? And so I did that. And then all of a sudden the Lord takes me up. Um, I have like a um, an eagle's eye view. And all I see are just fields and fields and fields of, um, of wheat. So wheat fields as far as the eye can see. And he was like, this is your inheritance. And I was like, oh, like wheat fields. Um, he's like, this is fields of souls. Ooh. <laughs> uh, also, Ter- yeah, right. Yes, okay. thank you, Jesus. Uh, also, Teresa means harvester. Oh, uh, wow. So um, I was like, okay. I was like, all right, Lord. And so I just had this kind of like uh, this huge revelation going on in my mind. And we kind of were transitioning into, I can't remember if that was the same day as, was that the same day as impartation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a lot happened. I think I, we, James and I feel like we lived a lifetime in that weekend. So we're like, when was that? I don't know. 1998, probably. Okay. Um, and so, uh, we transitioned into eventually like impartation prayer and just, <clears throat> and one of the other things that father Matthias and, and you guys were sharing about was that, um, let's see, like desperation plus expectation, expectation equals like invitation. invitation for God to move. Yeah. And so, we felt like James and I had felt like with what we'd been dealing with in more of our spiritual desert of like five years and really pressing in of like what God was calling, how do we live out this call in our lives? Um, so we definitely felt like we checked off the, uh, the desperation part. And so then I felt like I was really able to press in for impartation because I felt like I had my people. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had this dream of like, Oh, I have this inheritance. Like I'm not going to do this because I want some spiritual experience. I have, I think I have something that uh, I need a greater anointing, to step into. And so, um, I, it gave me the courage to just be open enough and to, and to ask God to move. And, um, and, and and I was on the floor for like the next two hours, (laughs) but what was also amazing was, um, right as we started, like, um, I had this heat, like my whole body just got so hot. And, um, I didn't really know exactly what was going on. I think I vaguely heard somebody was like, well, if you feel like God is moving or if there's a spirit moving, like to get up and receive prayer and they'll pray for more. Um, so as I was able to kind of like quasi get out of that amazing state of whatever God was doing with all the heat. Um, so two people came over to pray with me. They didn't even get to touch me. They just got close enough and they were going to pray. And I was like, down, but then Damn. yeah, thankfully <laughs> they're really good catchers. And so, um, and then uh, truly like, this is where I feel like God transformed my entire life. And it was such a huge arc and shift was that, um, I felt my heart expand and expand and expand. And it was growing and growing to a point where it, then it just like, uh, it, and it, it felt like it lasted a really long time, but it was just this, um, stretching beyond the cavity of my, of my chest. And I was crying out, which is also out of my, not out of, out of character. I don't usually cry out in public, but I was like crying out. I'm like, I'm 
coming. I won't leave you. Like I was just like something was happening in my heart. Truly, I feel like it's God's thirst for souls. I was able to really connect with of what I was being like imparted was this the one. Uh, like all of just millions of just the one of these people of the lost. And, um, Mm. I, it was, yeah, I truly like, um, it expanded and then it released. And then I was kind of, um, at peace for a second. I was at peace the whole time, but like whatever that was stopped. And I randomly said, I was like, I feel like I just gave birth like in my heart. Like, Mm -hmm. what was that? You know? (laughs) Um, and, and uh, And then like at the end of it, um, I mean, it was so, there's so many amazing things also happen. Like, um, truly I felt transported to heaven. I don't know if that is beyond what people can even understand now that I'm sharing this testimony, but I, like, I saw like the pinkest guy I'd ever seen. I had perfect peace. I had perfect joy. I had perfect contentment. I felt perfect intimacy. I literally thought I, I was dying because I was so in love. Well, it's actually not crazy because Ephesians 2, 6 says that we're actually, we ascended, we're actually seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And listeners, here's, here's the thing. You, uh, you died with Christ, you rose with Christ, and you co-ascended with Christ. And so we, through Christ in us, we do have access to all of these richest treasures that are greater than I can see or ear can hear. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is so good. And what, what I love here, Teresa, is that... Um, a lot of people, they, they, they know that the power of God is possible. And I think a lot of mistakes, Dan, you can speak into this too, but a lot of people sometimes they just want um, gifts for the sake of gifts or power for the sake of power. But power is never given for its own sake. It's always given for a mission. Mm-hmm. And that. once you actually say, God, I, you know, here I am, send me, you know, um, it, it's not like, you know, God, uh, if you if you give me something, then I'll be open to your mission. He says, no, you 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 go on the mission, then I'll give you the power, yep. the gifts. Amen. Dan, can you preach on that? Yeah, just the charisms are poured out for the sake of the body, right? And so the the Lord just wants us uh, our our identity as as baptized sons and daughters of God is intricately connected to mission. And and I so the more I know my sonship, the more I know my mission, and the more I know my mission, the more I know my my sonship. And so as I dive into mission and my heart is consumed with bringing about the kingdom of God, then the father says, hey, my my well-beloved son, I'm going to give you everything you need to bring the kingdom. But if my heart isn't firmly established on bringing the the kingdom and making kingdom realities present here on earth, then, um, then why would he why would he pour out that power, right? Because then instead of bringing the kingdom of God, I'm just trying to bring my own kingdom. And... Oh, oh. Wow. snap. Preach wow. it, Dan. Oh, uh-oh, danger. <laughs> also, so I love to, and I can speak into this because, um, so then the, the kind of the rest of the story is you have this huge just release of God's power, these gifts for this mission just put forward. And then uh, you and your husband, James, who we'd like to shout out to James Shackelford. Um had the opportunity to move and ended up moving to Brighton where Encounter Ministries is located, Brighton, Michigan, and, uh, and plugged in helping and leading our sound and worship movement. So, um, our sound, sound ministry and our, our worship ministry movement here. And, um, we've seen such a release of, of prophetic worship. And I think the, you talked about in your story, how it was that word from father Matthias, that prophetic word about, you know, there's someone here, with this, this, the barrenness and the rain is coming. God is faithful. He's speaking right to you. 
And what we're seeing, and I, I see in your in your ministry now that I don't think was there before, was like um, you would approach worship without any expectation, just believing God was going to lead you in the moment. You're singing song like you're actually making up songs on the spot. Simple, like the Psalms, they're very repetitive. They can be very choral, very simple, childlike cries out to God, and it's shifting the entire atmosphere of our events, our worship. So just can speak and share with our listeners like the kind of the the growth that you've seen since that time. Oh my gosh, it's awesome! And you have five minutes. <laughs> I know. I, I yeah, I saw that too. I'm like, <laughs> it is amazing. Um, I think uh, I, I've he- I've heard it said that like we really once we find our people, we really truly start to walk in our anointing. Um, and so there's definitely been a release. Um, I, it feels like I'm not doing anything different, but God is doing something different. Um, but I also know that uh, truly, like the Lord did also a lot of identity work. Um, in me as well. And so like knowing that who I am is because of who he is Mm -hmm. and how he sees me, then I feel like I'm able to be an even greater conduit. Uh, It's amazing to be able to take that intimacy of what I have with the Lord um, and then allow the Lord to use that intimacy to shift atmospheres, to release things over people, to see the hunger uh, in the faithful. I I, I am I am just so happy to finally be in an area where I can also like express these gifts and to see every, week after week people grow in their intimacy into their freedom into their identity of sons of daughters of God through worship. That's so good. So um yeah that's it Dan do you have anything to add? Yeah you know on, I, like the, well, the, this 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 prophetic dimension of yeah. uh, of worship that's emerging. I think there's something just the it's so. Holy Spirit is a creator, right? And, and God, God creates. And and at the beginning, uh, in the foundation of the world, you just see at Genesis, there's the the Holy Spirit is hovering over creation, and then the Father speaks His word, and then it 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 it, it comes into being, right? And so when the Holy Spirit hovers in, into our own lives, when the Father speaks, then realities of the kingdom start happening. And and I think that there's there's this new the, a need for just new new music to to flourish out of every ministry, right? That like when we are with, with the Lord and, and in his Holy Spirit, that uh, he's always going to create new psalms of praise, new new songs of, of thanksgiving. And so I just, I, I want to encourage all, all of our listeners that like in your ministries and in your movements, always be open to the, the new work that God is doing in your midst. And this idea of uh, like, uh, we want to look to the old and bring the old in, into our way of life and present it new and, and and love the traditions, but also be ready for the Lord to write new songs through our lives that, that will be sung for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. That's a good Holy Ghost word, Dan. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, I mean, the scripture is very clear. It says over and over, and I just read it earlier from Psalm 149, sing a new song to the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 43, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And so we have to like God's heart is and he's, he wants us to sing a new song. Um, to him or else if we don't, if we're not open to his new creative work, like you said, he's a creator, we can get stuck in, in formalism and, uh, in, in the old and we can shut ourselves off and put God in a box. But at the same time, you know, I think it's Matthew 23, Jesus said, um, you know, the kingdom of God, every scribe instructor in the kingdom of God is like the head of a household who from his storeroom bought the brought out the best of the old and the new. Yeah. And so yes, we're like or yeah, God, I want to be on the cutting edge of the new. I want to see your kingdom emerge, but I don't want to lose our identity, our 
heritage, the inheritance that you've already given. So we hold on to the best and the new. And that's what's, what makes us capital C Athelic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a new way of putting it. I, and I, I just get a sense there's some, someone like there's just someone right now just getting a, like they're just they're actually um, becoming <clears throat> sorrowful because they're not around people who worship. And uh, I just from right now. Yeah. Know. And I think the Lord wants you to know that this is not something you need. Like I think the Lord wants us to find communities of worship but he also just wants us to go into our rooms and be free and to worship him with psalms of thanksgiving in our own prayer time, in our own chapel, wherever we are. That You, you don't need Teresa in your, uh, in your church to be able to worship uh, with the Spirit. The, the, the Lord has placed his song in you, and you can just uh, release that to the world. So Teresa's going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to go to break. She's going to pray for everyone out there that just wants that 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 new move of God in their life. Father, I thank you so much for your generosity and your constant calling us to your heart. Lord, I just, I thank you for the worshipers that all of us are simple worshipers. Some of us lead in worship, but we worship and we lead by worship because of your heart. Lord, I just ask that those who are, their hearts are stirring, Lord God, that you just fill them with your love and your peace and your boldness and to be able to step out, to be able to sing that song, to be able to praise you in their prayer closet, to be able to praise you on the count, like on the, um, on the street corners, wherever they're meant to be. Um, and like, let their voices be heard, Lord God, but let them also to start with that prayer of worship to the Father, because Lord God, you are the one and you are the most holy one that deserves all of our prayer and praise. Thank you, Father. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EW10 Radio, and carried across the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a break, but we're going to come right back in just a minute. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. When you are predictable in your authority, you will actually have to use that authority less. Consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. The more you act when you need to act, the less you will have to act in the future with similar misbehavior. The Doctor is in with Dr. Ray Garendi. Monday afternoon, 1 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Catholic Radio, I believe, is the greatest tool for evangelization that the Church has today. And I know this because we hear from people all over the world that tell us all the time they came to faith in Christ in the Catholic Church through Catholic Radio. guy that lives right next door to you, he might not ask you about your Catholic faith, but he'll ask us. He'll call in and say, tell me about the Catholic Church. Dr. David Anders thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Dan, that was awesome. Awesome conversation and time with Teresa. Extremely amazing. She's on fire, man. She is. She is fire. And she's like, I mean, I I feel like, you know, without doing it, she just really was describing such a, uh, like the normal Christian life. I love that she didn't have like the kind of the common story that we hear of like, oh yeah, I Grew up Catholic, went to Mass, hated God, you know, started like doing drugs and having sex and all this stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, she actually grew up, I think how we love to see Catholic families raising their kids yeah. <laughs> in the presence of God, like 
informed by the church's teaching and tradition, like a dad that loved encyclicals, right? <laughs> yep, I love that. I, lo- I love it. But then also, um, it, like, that God really is enough, you know? That you don't have to have that story that's, like, taking you uh, down the prodigal road, right? But he's just, he, it's just over and over drawing her into the Father's house. And in the Father's house, I love it in the in, in Luke 15, um, the old, it says the older brother was drawing near to the house when he heard songs when he, when he heard sounds of 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 singing and dancing singing and dancing that there was like there was beautiful song going on and what, what, what when we're talking about worship like listeners i think the context was uh, a prayer with music okay worship music in that environment and that's what the father's house that's what that's what's happening in the father's house is that beautiful songs of worship and dancing and that this this amazing um move that god is doing so dan what was your favorite what was the highlight for you from your from that that time with Teresa? <laughs> i'll be honest it was just her personality <laughs> it just she's just joyful and i was wondering like you know um I was wondering, do joyful people worship or does worship make us joyful? You know, and like, uh, and and I think it's a little bit of both that, that um, there's something like if you're filled with, with anger, you're not going to want to worship, you know, and, or, um, or if you're filled with pride or if you're filled with um, contempt about others and judgment, you're not going to want to worship. But, um, but if you, if you allow like, and if you are filled with those things in the name of Jesus, I just speak against all of those things. And I say, be broken over this person's life. And, uh, and worship is a means of breaking that so that, that because we can sing, um, the name of Jesus and just bring freedom into our lives. But the more we worship, I'm convinced the more we worship, whether with the community or by ourselves, um, the more we worship, the more joy we're filled with. There's like, I can't like, I, I worship in the shower. Right. And like, you can't like, like start your morning, right? like just all day long, a song, like when you're driving and when you're walking and like, just allow the songs of, uh, of praise and thanksgiving to fill your heart and you, you're going to be filled with joy. That's so good. So good, brother. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love the, um, just the emerging element that we kind of talked about at the end where, you know, like Holy Spirit really is guiding it. It's not just, uh, you know, a, a sing-along that we're kind of being invited into. We're called to, Jesus said, you know, he's seeking after worshipers that worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That worship has needs to have those two things. Um, and to, it's a partnership with with Holy Spirit, a person, that we worship him together. You, we, you know, Paul was so clear. We don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with deep sighs and groanings, like mm-hmm. it, deep, deep within us. So it's not just like, oh, I like this song. I'm going to go sing it and we're going to see what happens. But when you enter and when you posture yourself in a place of like radical dependence upon the Holy Spirit, which I believe Teresa is really modeling and what she actually communicated really well, that, yeah. um, you know, God comes alive, that that joy that you talked about really manifests, but also it's not just worship in spirit, but also in truth. And I think as Catholics, immediately we think we want to think about doctrinal truth being communicated in the songs. And amen. I don't want any Gnostic heresy worship songs about how bad my body <laughs> is, right? Um, but I, I think that the truth that we need to have at the heart is an honesty about who we are, like where we are. Like, God, I'm, I'm thirsty because I'm dry right now. Mm-hmm. Or God, I... I, I'm, I'm not going to put on a happy, like, I'm not going to put on a fake happy face. 
Yeah. I'm going to be honest where I am just like David expressed. And I think she did a good job communicating that as well. Amen. Hey, we got to wrap it up. You want to close in prayer? Yeah. Holy Spirit, we ask you to anoint a generation of worshipers that don't just seek to lead, but just are childlike worshipers. And from that, that's enough to lead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To learn more about us, our show, or our guests, you can visit us at EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. Thank you so much, and God bless you.